Welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. This is the series entitled, The Names of God. Part 1, Yehovah Tzidkenu. Now, Yehovah is the Hebrew name of the Lord. And most often, Yehovah is translated in our English Bibles with all capital L-O-R-D. The Hebrew letters are Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Sometimes this is pronounced Yahweh, other times Yehovah. And the second word here is Tzidkenu. It's a Hebrew word meaning righteousness, and in this form it means our righteousness. Yehovah Tzidkenu is the Lord, or Father, our righteousness. This is recorded in Jeremiah 23, 6. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6 is a messianic passage. It's predicting the coming of Messiah. It predicts that the coming of Messiah, Messiah would come to one place and he would branch out into the entire earth. And the name of the Messiah would be Yehovah Tzidkenu. There would be ushered in by the Messiah a new righteousness, a righteousness not according to works, but according to, the, to faith. Now, discovering the identity of our Father is so important. In fact, the purpose of our lives is to know our Father and to glorify Him. Let me say that again. The purpose of our lives is to know our Father and to glorify Him. Yeshua said this in John 17, 3, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Yeshua Messiah, whom you have sent. All of eternal eternal life will be getting to know our Father, discovering who He is, what He's done, His deepest thoughts. In Exodus 33, 13, Moses said, Teach me your way, that I may know you. Show me your glory. This was a time when Moses was on a mountain in the presence of Almighty God. In his one desire, of all the things he could have asked for, teach me your way that I may know you. In Philippians 3.9, the Apostle Paul wrote, I have counted all things loss that I might know him. In fact, Paul goes on to say, that I might know him, the power of the resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul was willing to suffer for Yeshua that he might know this God. In Daniel 11.32, the prophet writes, Those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. In Hosea 6.6, Jehovah himself says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Our Father is saying right there that he doesn't want sacrifices and burnt offerings. He desires mercy He desires knowledge of God. He wants us to know him. He wants us to center our lives on knowing him. In Psalm 27, 8, Jehovah said to David, Seek my face. And here's David's response. David says, When you said to me, Seek my face, my soul said to you, Your face, Jehovah, your face, Father, I will seek. Seeking the face of God seeking to know him, seeking his identity. And one of the ways that we do that is to get to know his name. There are dozens of names for God in the Bible, and this series is about getting to know him through his names. Several years ago, 
I was awakened at two o'clock in the morning from a sound sleep. I don't know if it was an angel shaking me awake or the Holy Spirit inside of me, but I woke up and the alarm clock was dead on 2 a.m. Within a few seconds, my wife Laura sat up in bed and she began to speak. And it wasn't her. It was the Father speaking through her. Laura never woke up and she doesn't remember any of this. Father through my wife said this to me, Daniel, do you want me to reveal myself to you in names or in relationships? And Laura laid back down. Now, I didn't answer right away. I began to think about this and ponder it. And this thought went through my mind. I never said this out loud. This thought went through my mind. I'm not very good with relationships. I'll say names. And out loud, I said, Father, reveal yourself to me in names. Immediately, Laura sat back up, again, doesn't remember any of this, and Father said, Yes, Daniel, I will reveal myself to you in names, but I want you to know that relationships are important too. Again, Laura laid back down, and that was the conversation. The very next day, as I was out for my prayer walk, the Spirit of God came over me, and His voice spoke into my heart, saying, I am a consuming fire. He began and has for many years revealed himself to me in names. Now, after thinking about that for a number of years, I realized when God asked me that question, I should have said both. I should not have picked names or relationships. I should have said both. And in fact, our Father has been gracious to me. And not only has he revealed himself to me in names, he has revealed himself to me in relationships, many relationships. Additionally, we are exhorted by Scripture to bless the name of our Father. This is part of our worship. In Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, it reads, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for Jehovah is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. In Psalm 145, 21, it says, My mouth shall speak the praise of Jehovah, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. And then in Genesis 14, 9, we see Melchizedek, who came out to meet Abraham when Abraham was coming back from a great victory. And Melchizedek said this, Blessed be Abram of Elion, God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has given your enemies into your hands. So the name there that Melchizedek used is Elion. We translate it God Most High, but it's one of the personal names of God. We see one of the very first men in the Bible, one of the very first encounters in the Bible, this high priest of God, blessing the name, blessing Jehovah by blessing one of his names. Now back to Jehovah Tzidkenu. This Father, this Almighty God, this Creator, this force of the universe, He is Jehovah Tzidkenu. He is holy. He's without sin. He's perfect perfect in all of his ways. He's good. There's no evil in him. He's true. There's no falsehood in him. 
He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his people. He's faithful to his character. You cannot find fault in our God. Now the word in Hebrew, Zidkenu, comes from the root Zedek. And in Hebrew, Zedek means altogether righteous, moral, legally right, just. In fact, we hear about this with regard to Messiah from the mouth of the man who condemned Messiah, Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate took Jesus into an inner room and he examined him and he brought Jesus back out in front of all the people and he said, I find no fault in this man. That's Jehovah Zidkenu. That's our Father. That's our Messiah. That's the Holy Spirit. There's no fault. There's nothing wrong. He is only good. He is only just. He is only true. In Isaiah 11:5, Isaiah is describing again the Messiah who would come in the Spirit of the Lord. And Isaiah says, Righteousness is the belt of his loins. Part of the identity of our God, part of the, the thing that holds everything together is his righteousness. Jehovah is perfection. And Jehovah requires perfection. In Matthew 5:48, Yeshua said this, Be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, so often we hear those words as a command, Be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. But what if we heard it a different way? What if we heard it as a prophecy? Be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. As a goal, as something to aim for and focus on in our lives, as a way out of love and worship to honor our God who is perfect. Let's be perfect like he is and let's honor him in that way. Adam and Eve sinned. They began in a place of righteousness. Adam and Eve were perfect in all of their ways. Adam and Eve knew Father perfectly. There was no sin, there was no lie, there was no falsehood in them. They were holy, they were good, they were faithful. But when they fell into sin, they also died. They spiritually died. They were no longer righteous. By their own choice, they were no longer righteous. They were no longer like God. And so immediately, Father provided a way for Adam and Eve and all mankind to be restored. Though we are now born into sin, which is called original sin, it's a nature to sin, there is a way for us to be restored to our Father, restored to righteousness, a way to be born again. You and I were never righteous. We were born into original sin and we sinned from the beginning. We were never like God. And through Yeshua Messiah, through faith in our Savior, we can be restored to righteousness. We can be restored to fellowship with our Father. We can be like Him again. Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And in Malachi chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, 
Yeshua is called the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N. The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. You shall go forth, you shall be blessed, you shall rejoice, and you shall trample down your enemies. We in Yeshua are restored from death to life. We are restored from sin to righteousness. We are restored from falsehood to truth. And we are able now to know our Father as Yehovah Tzidkenu. We are also given his spirit to enable us to live a righteous life and to know our Father. Because of Yeshua, we are declared righteous in the court of heaven. And because of Yeshua, we are able to be transformed and live a righteous and holy life. Friends, there is a righteousness according to faith. This is a gift. In Ephesians 2, our Father says, It is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. Not only is the righteousness through Messiah a gift, the very faith that enables us to believe under righteousness is a gift. It's a, father, it's a gift our Father freely gives. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in Yeshua Messiah. It's not only saying there that we might be righteous, but that we might be the righteousness of God, like him in every way. In Mark 16, Yeshua said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. This is the righteousness according to faith. He who believes and is baptized. In Matthew 10.32, Yeshua said, Whoever confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. And later, Messiah says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So out of our mouth, we confess him, and he confesses us in heaven. And out of our heart where there's faith, we speak and confess him and we're saved. When I was 14 years old, uh, we attended a Lutheran church. And part of uh, the experience of Lutherans is from 6th through 8th grade, 12 to 14 years old, we go through something called catechism or confirmation class, at the end of which uh, we're examined by the elders and if they approve, then we're brought into full membership in the church and begin to receive communion or the Lord's Supper. And I remember this vividly. I was 14, near the end of confirmation time, and I was in my bedroom alone. And at that time, we had a workbook and a Bible. And I had my workbook open. There were uh, some essay questions, some true-false questions, different things. So you would read a section of Scripture and answer these questions or or fill in the workbook. And in Ephesians 2, I, I read this. It says, As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Something came into my room. I didn't know it at the time, but I know now it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into my room and convicted me. As for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, I knew that I was a sinner. At 14, I knew that I sinned. I knew I did wrong things. And I knew that they were sins because of my experience in the church. And this verse and the Holy Spirit were telling me I was dead because of that. For the first time in my life, I was convicted 
I felt terrible. I felt awful. I began to think, what am I going to do? There was a heaviness inside of me that I'd never experienced before. That was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And for a few minutes, I just sat under that and didn't know what to do. I was dead in my sins. Then the voice of the Spirit said, keep reading. So I kept reading. And it says, but God has made you alive together with Messiah, having forgiven all trespasses. And then the joy of the Lord came into me. Faith was given to me in that very moment. The Holy Spirit gave me the faith to believe that Yeshua was my substitute. I wasn't going to die in my sins. Being dead in my sins was not the final word. God had made me alive through faith in Yeshua, and God had given me that faith. And from that moment on, I've been a child of God. I've followed Him. I've lived for Him. And he put a call on my life to walk on the earth as his son. At that moment, the moment of faith, that was the moment I was declared righteous. I was made the righteousness of God in Messiah. Then that transformation began. It says in 2 Corinthians 3, The Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord Yeshua, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. If we will give ourselves to the Holy Spirit, if we will give ourselves to the Word of God, there's a transformation process. I know this is hard to understand. It's hard for me to understand. How can we be declared righteous and made the righteousness of God and still have to be transformed? Well, this is part of the human experience on planet Earth. In the courts of heaven, we are declared righteous. We are seen righteous. We're treated as righteous. And then down here on Earth, we must be placed into the transformation process. Paul said this in, in Romans 12.1. He says, I urge you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Father. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of, the, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. From the moment we're born, the world, the devil, and our flesh condition us to be rebellious, and our minds and our souls need to be transformed by the Word and the Spirit of God. So that's the, that's the righteousness according to faith. And we rejoice in this gift, the gift of righteousness and the gift of faith. And that very thing that that new life that's in us, that new spirit that's in us, begins to know Father in a new way. We begin to know His righteousness. And instead of being guilty because of it or shamed because of it, we rejoice in it because we know that we're like Him and we're becoming like Him. Secondly, there's a righteousness according to choice. There's a righteousness according to choice. This is love. This is true worship. This is our true joy. When we day by day choose to walk in righteousness, choose to do what we've been declared to be, we are the righteousness of God. And yet down on the earth, we must choose every day. See, Father has given us a free will because he wants people who will love him, and worship him by their own choice. Not coerced, not as robots, not because he's 
some type of puppet master. Yeshua and Yehovah are looking for true worship, and that's worship by choice. In Matthew 5:48, again, Yeshua said, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Again, it's to be like him. He's not giving this as a command. He's saying, be like your Father. This choice is your love and it's your worship. In Romans 12, I just quoted that. Uh, when we offer our bodies a living sacrifice, this is spiritual worship. In Psalm 23, 3, it says, He leads us in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Why is He leading us in paths of righteousness? For His glory, for the sake of His name. And in Matthew 5, 16, Yeshua said, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When we choose righteousness, when we choose faithfulness, when we choose goodness, when we choose obedience, this is our love and this is our worship and it's our light shining and men glorify God. This is all to the glory of God. This is our response to the gift. And so our whole attitude about the Ten Commandments shifts. The Ten Commandments are no longer a law. They're no longer obligation. The Ten Commandments are a vision the Ten Commandments are, are our love response to our Father. And it's not the only response. It's the, not the only way to honor Him is to keep the Ten Commandments. Yeshua said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Yeshua said in John 14, He says, The one who loves me is the one who keeps my word, and my Father will love him, and my Father and I will come to him and abide with him. The one who loves Yeshua is the one who keeps Yeshua's word. It's the whole word. The Ten Commandments are a beginning. But the whole word of Yeshua, if we love him, we do it. Because we want to worship him and honor him. Again, several years ago, my father's voice came to me in my spirit. And this is what he said. He said, Daniel, I am holy. That's righteous without spot or blemish. You can be too. It's a choice. What he was telling me there was, I could be righteous like him if I chose to be righteous like him. And Yeshua said this in Matthew 6.23, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Seek first his righteousness. Make the choice every day to be holy and righteous. Be like your father. It's possible what Father was saying to me when he said, Daniel, I am holy. That's righteous without spot and blemish. You can be too. It's a choice. What he's telling me was, with Holy Spirit, we now have the ability to choose. Whereas before we're born again, we only choose the flesh. We only choose the world. But when we're born again, a whole new life opens up to us where we have the grace and the authority and the Spirit to abide in these choices that we make for Yeshua instead of against him. So again, Father gives us this gift of faith and this gift of righteousness. Then we begin in the process of transformation. And the Bible tells us that this is in John 15, it says that we're like branches, Yeshua's like a vine, like grapes, and Father prunes us so that we can be even more fruitful 
And so if you can see the picture here, John 15, Yeshua is a grapevine. We're the branches. And the Father watches this. And he see, this is how he sees us. He sees us in Messiah. He sees us producing fruit. And he sees branches on each one of us that don't bear fruit. He prunes them off. And then we can be more fruitful. This is love. It hurts. I'm sure pruning a grape uh, branch hurts. And yet, the ultimate purpose is good and righteous. And then in Hebrews 12, we have this word. It's a word about the chastening of our Father. And let me just close with this. It's Hebrews 12. And it says this, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of Jehovah, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For, who, for whom Jehovah loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, Elohim deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And now verse 11. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I just love that phrase. When Father deals with us with discipline and chastening, even rebuke or scourging, when our Father confronts our sin, when he confronts our unrighteousness, it's not because he wants to punish us. He punished Yeshua on our behalf. It's not because he's trying to be mean. Right there I read to you, it's because of his love. He wants us to be like him so that we can know him. That's his whole purpose in rebuking us and disciplining us. Again, so that we can be like him, so that we can know him. This, my friends, is Yehovah Tzidkenu. This is him watching over us as a, as a grapevine and branches. And that's what it says there. When we give ourselves to the discipline of our Father, it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness in our lives. Now that's our choice. We can choose to do that. We can choose good. We can choose truth. We can choose righteousness. We can choose to give ourselves to the um, pruning of our Father, knowing that we will produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness, knowing that we will honor him, knowing that we will love him, knowing that we will glorify him in this. Shalom. Sorry, I didn't want to end there. There's an incident in the life of Yeshua that I wanted to share with you. This is in Luke 7. Yeshua was invited to a, a banquet at a certain man's house a man named Simon, and Jesus was there with his disciples. And just as they were sitting down to the meal, a woman came in, <clears throat> and she was well known as a prostitute, a sinful woman, looked down upon and despised. And the Bible tells us that she came in and she broke uh, a vial of perfume that was worth a year's wages, very expensive perfume, and she broke it and she anointed Yeshua with it. And the perfume filled the room. Uh, some of the disciples got angry because it could have been sold and given to the poor. 
but Yeshua honored her. He honored her choice. He honored her love. And this is what he said to Simon. It, you know, they were beginning to grumble and grouse about this woman. And, you know, if Jesus was really a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman was touching him and, and doing this to him. And Yeshua said, Simon, I came into your house and you did not wash my feet. And this woman's washing my feet. And you did not anoint my head. And this woman's anointing my head. Now, obviously, this was a custom of the day. If you had honored guests into your home, one of your servants would wash their feet and anoint their head. It's just a custom of the day. And yet, this man that invited Yeshua to his house did not honor Yeshua, which tells us that he was trying to trap Yeshua instead of getting to know him. And so Yeshua said to this man, he said, uh, Simon, and Jesus told him a, a, a story about a man who'd been forgiven much and who, a man who'd been forgiven little. And uh, Yeshua said, who loves more, Simon, one who's been forgiven much or one who's been forgiven little? And Simon did answer correctly, one who's been forgiven much. And Yeshua said this woman's sins had been forgiven her and that this testimony of what she'd done would be declared in all the world for the rest of time. So I was reading through that, that scripture one day that this woman uh, was honoring Yeshua in this way. And, you know, he said that her sins had been forgiven. So she had been declared righteous. Probably she hadn't cleaned up her entire life yet, but she was born again. She had faith. She had the gift of righteousness. And after I read that, you know, this voice in my spirit said, Daniel, I want to show you who was the most righteous person in the room that day. Besides Yeshua, the most righteous person in the room that day was that woman. She had a bad reputation. She was looked down upon by others. She was not invited to this meal. And she would not have been invited to meals like this. She was considered unclean and unholy and a sinner. And yet, she comes in with faith, she comes in with a gift of righteousness, and she comes in to make a choice to honor Yeshua. Now, this was something valuable, a year's wages, and she poured it out on Yeshua. She was honoring him. She was responding to the gift. That's not what made her righteous. Her faith made her righteous. She had the righteousness according to the faith, and then she also had a righteousness according to choice. This was one who was learning how to worship our Messiah in spirit and in truth. So I exhort you today to live in this righteousness according to faith and live in this righteousness according to choice. Receive grace Make the choice and receive grace to abide in your choices and produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness to the glory of our Father. And again, Shalom.